Well, Happy New Year. Uh, and uh, Merry Eighth Day of Christmas. Traditionally, there are 12 days of Christmas, so I hope you haven't all let go of that festive spirit yet. It only comes once a year, so might as well uh, hold on to it for a while. Uh, so as Keith said, today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. There isn't going to be a traditional sermon. Uh, this is going to be a service of worship and prayer and reflection. And I know that a lot of the time it's hard for us to make space in our lives for genuine reflection. Um, but the start of a new year is a great opportunity to reflect on where we've been and where we're going. And we want to give you that space right now in this service. And I really want to encourage you to make the most of it. Um, and so if you didn't on your way in get a bulletin or maybe multiple bulletins uh, that you can take some notes on, I encourage you to, to grab some. Um, if you want to take notes on your phone, like on a notes app, that's great too. Uh, whatever you want to do. But I encourage you to really take this opportunity that you're be, being given right now, this space, um, to open your heart to whatever the Spirit might want to tell you. Uh, Jesus said that he is the shepherd and his sheep hear his voice. And so this evening, uh, I want us to trust together that as Christ's sheep, we will hear his voice together. Um, so the way we're going to do this is uh, I'm going to read a series of scripture passages. I'm going to give just a very brief little exposition on the passage. And then there's going to be a question related to that passage for you to reflect on. And uh, the worship team will play another song to give you space uh, to reflect on that question. So before we, uh, we dive in, let's start with a prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of life. Every breath we take is a gift from you. We thank you for bringing us through another year. And we thank you for the opportunities that this new year brings. As we begin 2023, we want to be open to the Holy Spirit's leading. We want to hear your voice. Tonight, help us to hear your direction, correction, and encouragement. You are the good shepherd, and we invite you to shepherd us. So speak to us tonight, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. So our first passage is from Luke 17, starting in verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. 
and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So I think that this story reminds us of a very common human tendency, which is maybe God gives us something or he answers a prayer that we've been praying. And maybe right up to that moment, we've been obsessing over whatever this issue is. And then all of a sudden there's resolution. But rather than really taking time to appreciate what we've been given, our brains just immediately jump to the next source of discontentment. And, 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 and that's, that's just a very common thing, I think. I, I will admit, it's a, it's a problem for me. <laughs> um, and what Jesus does here is he affirms this person who, who takes the time to really express gratitude and appreciate this gift of healing that he's been given. And when Jesus says, rise and go, your faith has made you well, I find that interesting because everybody was made well, all ten of the lepers, right? But he has, again, he says to this person, this leper who has been healed, who actually thanks him, he says, your faith has made you well. So that suggests to me that there's something about the act of gratitude itself that has this cleansing, healing power, um, in addition, maybe even more so than the gift that we're given in the first place that we're thankful for, right? So when we follow up whatever gift God has given to us with gratitude, that has this power to heal us even, even further. So chances are in 2022, uh, God has carried you through some things. So the question I'd like us to reflect, our, reflect on is, what are at least three things that you are thankful for in 2022? So, for example, it could be what are some prayers that were answered? What were some crises that were averted or resolved? What was uh, some healing or growth that you experienced? So, Lord, we invite you to speak to us now. Our second scripture passage comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34. Jesus says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus recognizes that it is a very common human tendency for us to worry and to worry about things that aren't worthy of our mental energy and things that we can't do anything about. And he tells us, rather than frittering away your mental energy and your time with worry, trust God. Instead, seek first the kingdom, God's kingdom, in his righteousness. If this sounds familiar at all, uh, this is one of the questions that I encouraged us to reflect on at the beginning of last year. 
but I think that this is a good one to reflect on at least once every year. And the question is, what do I need to stop worrying about? Is there something that you ruminate on regularly that Jesus is inviting you right now to let go of and trust him with? And I can understand you might say, well, there are legitimate things that I need to be concerned about, things that I need to take care of. Yeah, okay, that's true. We all have responsibilities. But here's something that you can do to interrogate your worry. Think of your worry like, uh, you know, somebody brought into a room and and you're going to question this worry to find out if it's really valid and worthwhile. So two questions to interrogate it with are, Does thinking about this help to seek the kingdom of God and righteousness? And secondly, can this worry be transformed into some kind of worthwhile action? Of course, if the answer to both is no, let it go. Oh, Spirit, we invite you to speak to us. What are the worries that we need to let go of? For our next reflection, we're going to stay in the same passage and we're going to narrow our focus on when Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So the next question is, what is one new way that I can seek God's kingdom in 2023? So, I know that all of us, at any given time, have an infinite number of good things that we could potentially give our energy to. And all of us have a fi- very finite amount of time and energy to give. Um, and that's why God calls each of us to unique callings. Unique, he gives us unique gifts and unique ways to express them, right? Um, but we are called to be stewards of what we have. And I think it's healthy every, every now and then to ask, okay, what is just one new way that I can seek God's kingdom? If that's the, the number one priority, right? Seeking God's kingdom. And I have a couple follow-up questions that might help with this. So one is, what's something I can do in 2023 to learn more about God? Or what's one new way I can partner with God making earth a little more like heaven? So, Spirit, we invite you to speak. Our next reading comes from Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says, If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. Throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. I realize Jesus' words there sound pretty harsh, uh, but they are the words of a concerned parent for his children. 
And what he's telling us is that we need to be very vigilant about cutting the things out of our lives that lead down the, the path to destruction. And it's important to be vigilant about cutting them out when they're in the seed form before they have blossomed into total chaos. Um, it is hard to be vigilant about that, but it is harder not to be vigilant and then to face the consequences. Right? It is uh, Jesus' Jesus's analogy of gouging out your eye or cutting off your hand. The point there is to recognize that it is painful. It is painful to be vigilant about uh, taking care of your, your fear and your lust and your pride before they grow into these uncontrollable monstrosities that uh, wreak havoc in your relationships. Um, but the, the pain of dealing with them is, is worth it. Uh, just like the pain of going to rehab is worth a life that is not cut short and destroyed by drugs and alcohol. And so Jesus tells us, be proactive about cutting out the sin. And so the next question is, what do I need to cut out in 2023? Uh, so this could be a, a certain thought pattern, a behavior, an activity. Um, what is leading you in a dangerous direction? And what do you need to be proactive about removing? So Spirit, once again, we invite you to speak to us. Our last passage comes from John chapter 8. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. So in this story, a woman is caught in the act of adultery. A terrible sin. One of the big ten. Uh, she is guilty. Jesus doesn't dispute her guilt. The text doesn't dispute her guilt at all. And yet, Jesus refuses to condemn her. He tells her accusers that if any one of them is without sin, then they should be the one to cast the first stone. And one by one, they begin to leave. And I find it interesting that it tells us that the older ones were the ones who were first to leave. 
probably because they had lived enough life to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that they were sinners. They had accumulated quite a rep sheet at that point. And so over time, they all realize, yeah, we're all guilty. And so we are not in a position to cast stones at this woman. And then Jesus is the only one left. And of course, Jesus is the one who can legitimately say that he is without sin. So by his own rubric, he's the one that does have the authority to cast the first stone. But instead, Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. So in that one sentence, we hear Jesus refusing to endorse sin, right? But also this incredible willingness to forgive sin. And so the final question for tonight is, what do I need to accept God's mercy for and move on from? So is there something that you've been carrying that you feel shame or guilt over, that you've been carrying for a while, you recognize the sin, you've repented of it, you've confessed it, but for some reason you just can't let it go. Right now, I want you to hear Jesus saying to you, I do not condemn you. So what, what is that thing that you may be carrying that you just need to accept the mercy and move on from? Spirit, one more time, we invite you to speak to us.